qualifying doesn't even mean anything anymore. You know, turn up late, qualify last, you'll still end up winning. So it's minor. Um, yeah, man, I came came in with the aerodynamic trim. Had to drop the afro. Came ripping merch as not always, I guess, but it had to be done. Um, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit all over the place. I've been out pretty much all day. Quick stop live for those who don't know. I went to go watch the race at an event hosted by Quick Stop F1, a podcast that all of you should have heard of. But yeah, it was a good event. Went out, didn't hear the commentary because it was loud in there. So had to do a quick catch up. I'm a bit trying to keep up with what happened in the race, uh, but we'll see where my thoughts get me. Um, so yeah, just going to try to do a quick race review while my thoughts are fresh. Yusuf is still in hiding. Uh, if you do see him out in the streets, call me, let me know his whereabouts. His return should be imminent, but it's just me at the moment. So once again, I'm going to spiral slowly over this next hour and we will just see where I end up. So once again not the usual but we'll make do of what i have uh and i will you know what i'll enjoy it because he can't try and come at me he'll probably be i don't know i'm assuming lewis will have a bad race and then he'll return that's normally how it goes so i'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts i guess that sounds horrible (laughs) all right um yeah the event first things first Congratulations to both Tandy and Yasha for the event. Like, honestly, it was incredible to get people traveling. I personally, it took me like an hour and a half to get there. Um, I'm sure there are others who might have traveled for longer. But either way, like, just going there, having everyone in one place, the energy was great. Like, I'm not, if you couldn't tell by my name, uh, I'm Muslim. I don't, live sports normally means one thing. And I don't really partake in that kind of stuff. So you don't see me going to watch, you know, I don't go out to watch football matches. I don't go out to watch this and that. But I went out, I watched the race live. I had met some good people. Shout out to everyone I spoke to. I didn't get to speak to everyone, uh, but everyone was great that I spoke to. I'm sure everyone else was great as well. Uh, it was just good energy, cheering, all of this stuff, laughing. It was, It was just fun to do. And um, definitely going to try to keep in contact with a few of the people. Uh, yeah, just absorbing knowledge as well. Like, glad, like, just having an F1 space where everyone was, like, all passionate about this one thing. And the one story that it always keeps coming back to is we grew up, all grew up thinking that, you know, black people or women or whoever it is don't really watch F1. Like, I'm pretty, I said at one point, like, I thought my dad was weird. Like, you know, the guy watches Wimbledon, he watches, watched F1 a lot back in the day. I'd sit down and watch it with him as a kid. And I'm just thinking, you know, this isn't, this isn't for him. Even the white kids, I grew up in a very white area, even they didn't watch F1. So to end up a few years later now in a space where we're all there, a lot of people from different backgrounds, all there with one passion 
just all excited about this one thing that I've held very close to my heart for a very long time. It was honestly great to see. And the fact it was held by two people, like it wasn't, you know, they're not some big organization like Quick Stop, very new podcast. They've grown incredibly well and they've done really well for themselves. And it's really inspiring. So if you somehow haven't heard of them or some of my friends, I know some of you don't really, you're not into F1 like that, but definitely give their stuff a listen. Uh, and yeah, honestly, it's just onwards and upwards for all of us, hopefully. Uh, because there were a few other creators in there on the chicane, uh, pitched off Fracker. Those guys were, those guys were funny, just sat at the back shouting random stuff. Um, yeah, it was just good to see. It was nice to meet everyone, people I'd spoken to, people I hadn't. Um, and yeah, just good conversations, just trying to absorb the knowledge, I guess. Uh, yeah, where do I go from here? Well, racing what happened all right i guess in terms of like news news wise we'll go with ah i've already i mean i've mentioned vessels retirement basically i (laughs) put out a podcast the french grand prix review if you haven't seen it i only put it out like 12 hours ago so if you missed it fair enough vessel is retiring which is significant. But I the only thing I want to say is why on earth is Hulkenberg? I'm gonna repeat this. Why on earth is Hulkenberg being considered for that seat? The guy is finished. He was in F1 in 2012. Anyone who was in F1 in 2012 and doesn't have a podium, like not even a racement for like a podium. He doesn't even have a podium to his name. And you're considering bringing him back. There is no reason for that at all. You're getting rid of a four-time world champion. And the guy who couldn't even get a P3 in his entire huge career of hundreds of races, I think like 140 off the top of my head is, is probably something completely different. I don't know why I said that. And you're going to tell me that he deserves a seat right now. Reserve driver, cool, I get it. Yeah, he's experienced. And I shove him in the simulator, but why on earth would you have him actually driving the car? The team's in the bin, honestly. They, they shouldn't... You can't be doing that. That's just... You're admitting defeat at that point. That's what that is. Um, here, okay, so midway through the... So after the event, after the race, Quick Stop recorded their podcast live. Honestly, it was, it was great. So it's definitely worth a watch, actually. It's very different to just the normal podcast energy, seeing like the crowd's reaction to certain things being said and all of that stuff. It's actually very different. So... Would definitely give that a listen. Um, someone said is Charles in the top five drivers, and very few. I I think I was like one of three people who said yes. I don't know if the pressure got to everyone. I don't know if they didn't want to admit, but I don't know. I would not question if Charles Leclerc is in the top five drivers at the moment. Like after today. What happened wasn't his fault. I don't know why he pitted. Like, I don't know why on earth you're going to... He got told to pit, and he just did it from the hearts to the softs. To me, I understand the hearts were very slow, but pitting again for the softs is just even more embarrassing. Um, but either way, if I get the list of drivers up, there's no way I can pick out here five people that are better than Charles Leclerc. 
Max Shaw. I'm doing it in order of the championship, by the way. Whoops. Um, Perez, definitely not. Russell, that is debatable. Uh, maybe, maybe this year. Um, science is a no for me. Definitely not. Lewis, sure. Norris is consistent. How many am I on? I'm, I'm on three. I don't... There's no one else. I feel like certain people might mention uh, Alonso. I can't remember if I said Norris, but Alonso, Norris, Hamilton, Russell, Verstappen. Does Charles fit? He's got. He's better than Alonso. He's better than Alonso this year. There's no way. Probably Norris as well. I haven't really been watching Norris too tough recently, but Charles is. He's top four. We'll give him top four. Like, I don't understand. He's top four. The guy, I get he makes mistakes, but most of it is Ferrari. He's, I can't defend Ferrari at all. You can't defend Ferrari. Anyone trying to defend Ferrari, you're fighting a losing battle. And I don't know why you're doing that to yourself. You're just ruining your credibility. But Leclerc's talented. And I said this last time, but. The test for a driver is if they're fast in a fast car instantly. Lewis was fast in 07, instantly. Max was fast in his Red Bull in 16, instantly. George was quick the moment they put him in that Mercedes in, in Sakir. Certain people said that wasn't enough for them. That was enough for me. The moment I saw that, when he put it within a tenth of pole, dusted Bottas twice on track, that was enough. I understood. And then Charles being put in 2019, his performance that year, Perfect, but I'm not questioning his talent after that. He can do a couple spins here and there. I don't care, but I'm not questioning that he's quick. Over the course of a season, that might be a different conversation, but I would say he's got it in him to win a championship. And obviously, he's no Lewis Hamilton, but winning a championship while making some severe mistakes is one thing. But I don't know, certain people, they've just got to, it's like, I feel like Max has used some, like, black magic on something because how on earth is the guy making mistakes but it just never affects him he can do a free who else could do a 360 mid-race while on a comeback drive and then manage to get the opportunity to make a second pass for the lead like literally a lap later didn't have to pit again tires were fine i don't understand the guy he'll spin completely recover it not in the wall whatever and then just carry on like nothing happened I think that's the second time someone posted. I think it was Germany 2019. I think it was 19. Where he spun, did the pirouette, carried on, won the race. I don't get it. That guy, I feel like he's the only guy on the track who can make some huge error. And then he just gets away with it. Like Brazil 2016. No one's talking about how he almost put it in the wall when he should have got ZP2. But... He almost put it in the wall, then gets credited for the save, and then goes and makes the comeback drive again. I don't know, he always gets credited for, like, saving the mistake, or whatever it was. Either way, I don't know, I don't think this one was his fault, because it was, like, the clutch or whatever, but... He gets away with it again, somehow. He's running away with the championship, that's 80 points now. There's no conversation at this point, it's it's definitely over. Um, I can't see... Any way 
that it's possible to come back. There were times last year when you'd say, yeah, it's looking unlikely, but like statistically and all of this and whatever is, that Red Bull engine is going to have to do a madness if anyone's going to come anywhere near. And Ferrari don't even want to win it, to be honest. I will get on to Ferrari later, but they they don't even want it. I don't know what it is about them, but they just, they don't, do you know what it is? They probably just haven't bought enough flags. That might just be it, you know, like whenever they win a race, they put that little flag up in front of Marilena. Maybe the flag guy's on a holiday, like they just don't want to bother him. I, that's the best reason I can call If you can come up with a better reason, then let me know. But like flag guy being on holidays, they don't want to win. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, What else do we have? Ooh, okay. So... Yeah, I mean, stops. No, we won't even. Okay, this race. Obviously, I watched it live, and that was great. The energy was great. Room was great, and the race was actually really entertaining. So, obviously, the risk of rain was one thing, and that was it always adds to the drama. But I think what was really interesting, other than the thing you can't control, which was the top three were like relatively on pace uh so that was really good to see actually um was the pit stops the if i go on twitter the pit stops i think everyone did a two stop i believe you're gonna have to search for this uh i it just reminds me of, I think uh, it was maybe last year, where um, pretty much every single race was a one-stop. And it honestly got so dry so fast. Yeah, here we were. Yeah, so two-stop strategy was the main thing. Most people did a two-stop. They went from, some people did soft, medium, 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 soft. Yeah. I think that strategy made it really interesting. Similar thing would have happened in France if uh, Leclerc didn't bottle it. But I'm thinking, because I do remember, I think back in 2013, the standard was a three-stop. I feel like the perfect amount of stops or the perfect scenario would be for it to be between a two- and one-stop strategy. Or maybe it's a guaranteed two, just because one gets boring very quickly. But I think two was quite nice. It jumbled up the order a little bit. It gave opportunity for certain things to happen. And I don't know, it just seemed finding gaps in the track as well as a big thing. So, like, I personally just like the two-stop. I think it's a, a good amount. I know Pirelli can, they get criticised, but they make the tyres how they've asked for. I think two-stops for the sets should be the right amount. Because otherwise, I don't want to see people going from like just nursing their tires 40 laps, then they go 20 laps, and then that's it. Because then that's just two sprint races, and that's dead. So this one was way more interesting. You got people stopping here and stopping there. You're asking for the windows. You're seeing like science near the end stopping with like 25 laps to go or whatever on his set of softs. No way he was making that. Why on earth did they send him in? It's it, honestly, it baffles me. I actually just don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just lost for it. It's, 
it's so long. Who else? I don't understand. What else? Cool. Right. TV right. What else happened? Who deserves a mention before I go into the things that happened? Right, okay, I'm gonna say no, nah, okay. Let's go for the, the best performance, the worst performance. And the rest of it. Okay. Right. Best performance for me in that race. It's got to be Lewis Hamilton. I wasn't going to say anything else, was I, realistically. Lewis, going from second, sorry, seventh, dusting two people off the start. He's then overtaken Norris, holds off Max, extends his stint, stops, overtakes everyone on the way back. The comeback at the end, the cheering as well. The cheering that was going on when he overtook Science, the energy in that room was mad. And then when he overtook George as well, the screams. And then <laughs> someone noticed Toto with a sly little smile on his face uh, when Lewis overtook him. And honestly, it's good to see, like, someone just posted on a Twitter, the F1 TV footage of Lewis just nodding his head in the cockpit after the race. And honestly, to compare that to when he gets out of the car with his back aching and stuff and, like, he's in pain, it's, it's great to see because it's been a long time and honestly, he deserves it. I feel like it's weird. I, f I don't know what it is about certain drivers, but they definitely get treated very differently when something happens, like... If Leclerc makes a mistake, he's he's almost babied. But then if if uh, I guess Vettel's the same, he's kind of babied when he makes a mistake. And then if Lewis makes one, or I don't know, Daniel makes one, they're told you know retire while they're in the sport, get rid of them, all of this, don't deserve to be here. Um, yeah, I. I don't get it. And to those questioning Lewis's talent, if he's still got it, the skill, whatever it is, I think it's undoubtable. Like people are saying it now and they definitely get it. Like obviously we're not comparing them anymore because the, the cars are on different levels, but Max and Lewis leagues ahead of everyone else in the field. Very clearly the two best at the moment. Most consistent, most all rounded, uh, all the rest of it. Obviously, I have my opinions on who's better than the other, but that's not important right now. Um, you know, I think George definitely deserves a mention. Um, I should probably do an underrated one. I'll save that for later. But George, you know, okay, I will go Max. Yeah, coming from 10th. That's what lowest place he's finished from now, or one from, sorry. And to, you know what? Not even Max, actually. I'm going to say the Red Bull strategy team Fair play to Max for the drive, but the Red Bull strategy team, that was mad. There's droplets of rain on the screen and everyone's thinking they're going to pit and everyone's thinking people are going to pit. And I remember when Max came in and they pulled out the mediums, it was wraps. We all thought 
there's probably something wrong, but because it's Red Bull, it's fine. I think if Ferrari did that, we would have been rolling on the floor laughing. But they spotted it. That gave them the undercut opportunity. And that's what got them ahead of George, uh, gave them the opportunity to hop everyone else. Like that was that was a masterclass from whoever called that. That was quality. Um, and that definitely helped him a lot with that. Uh, and then George, yeah, just good mention for George. Like pole position, his first pole position. That first race win is coming soon, eventually, maybe. Because he's got it in him. Like it's got to happen this year. I feel like if Merck, I don't know how many wins Merck will get this year. I'm going to say, I want to say like a healthy, like, Oh, no, there's only like nine races left. I was going to say like a healthy five, but there's nowhere near enough races for that. It might just be like a little like two. And even then, I don't actually think. Maybe I don't think maybe George won't get one this year, but he'll get one eventually. Um, You know, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get one this year, but I think he'll get one eventually. And it's definitely on the way. First pole out of the way. Um, good to see he had the pace there it did I'm happy for him now but I can't say I was happy for him yesterday because if George could have stuck that on pole and you know did what he did and all of that stuff Lewis had a very good chance of winning that race so I don't know I'm going to have to wait to see who puts out the data and who puts out the lap times because I know someone out there will do. I think you're going to have to compare. It's going to have to be a bit of extrapolating, but someone's definitely got the possibility. Um, Who do we have? Yeah, I don't know who else deserves a shout for best. Blowout best. Um, in terms of worst, there are so many options here. So many, yeah, someone on my elbow, mad. Anyway, uh, there's so many options for worse performers. I'd say, first of all, Ferrari strategy, as always, absolute joke. The when they came in for hards, everyone like jaw dropped, whatever. When he came in for softs again, everyone's laughing. Honestly, I thought. I'm an engineer. I'm not okay. Not like fully qualified yet, but I'm engineering degree, engineering student. I and in general, I'm kind of a bit of a passive introvert, like keep my opinions to myself kind of thing, which is mad on here, but still, I don't like to be the the armchair critic as I sit in my armchair right now. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to be the one to be like. I don't know, I don't ever want to be the guy, I'm skinny, but like, imagine I don't want to be the guy who's like 120 kilograms sat in his chairs telling Usain Bolt that his running technique is off. Do you get what? Like, I don't, I don't want to hate on Ferrari's strategy when these men are doing what I want to be doing and they've got qualifications and they've clearly gone for a job interview got the job, got years of experience and have all the data in their faces. But at the same time, are they using PCs that are older than me? Like, I know these things are like wide, like 
these they've got to be using the fat TVs. Like those monitors have to be coming from their 80s and they've got to be running Windows XP because where on earth did they think those hard tires were going to work? Where on the track did they think those hard tires were going to work? Like, are they just, I don't know, are they sympathetic for everything? I feel like they've got, like, they're too, like, empathetic. Do you know what it is? When there's, when Leclerc's behind science and they don't want to swap him, they're like, ah, oh, feel bad for science. Couldn't let Leclerc pass him. I can't do that. Nah, he's going to feel bad. I don't want to hurt his feelings. When you see the hard tyres there in the garage and they're not being used and all the other sets of tyres are getting a go, they see the hard tyres in the corner getting dusty and they're like, you know what? Feel bad for you. You know what? Let him go. Let him go. Hot. Put him on the car, give him a couple laps, take him off again. Why? Just, just why? It was so obvious. Like, it was blaringly obvious to everyone. Worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario. If this is your final result, just copy everyone else. Like, the car's fast enough, your drivers are fast enough. If you really don't want to be all risky and stuff, just copy everyone else. But, you're just going to end up with a neutral result. You're not going to gain and you're not going to lose. And you know what? That's better than what's happening right now. So just be neutral about it. I don't know. Like, it's the same with Mercedes and their pit crew. Like, they'll they'll have, like, a gap to whatever driver it is they're trying to get out in front of. And it's like they need a 2.5-second stop to come out ahead of this driver. And they'll still pit the guy, end up with their 4.2-second stop and come out behind them. And it's completely pointless. Like, your your pits are clearly awful. Why don't you wait until you have the gap where it's like four-second stop will do? Get your awful 3.9-second stop, and then you still come out ahead of them. Stop, like, overestimating your stop time. Stop overestimating the skill of, okay, I don't want to say the skill of your pit crew, but, like, the capacity for them to make pit stops this year, which has clearly declined than in previous years. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, just, just, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. Listen, hit up Bill Gates, upgrade your PCs, hop yourself onto some sort of database, get yourself a better tech sponsor, and just focus on the data. I don't know. Run some simulations follow Pirelli Motorsport on Twitter like how are you going to mess it up that badly like I don't George Russell is ahead of you in a slower car your drivers are two and three and both of your rivals your championship rivals are out of the question Bonotto is on the pit wall why is he talking on the pit wall I understand we don't like the sound of Christian Horner but the thing is with Red Bull is because they can handle that stuff Christian Horner can be on the phone he can be chatting to Adrian Newey next to him, Jonathan Wheatley and whoever else is on that pit wall. Then turn around, chat to the people in the garage and probably take 14 phone calls from Milton Keynes while also talking to Ted Kravitz behind him and Crofty on the sky thing. And his team can get the job done. Bonotto can't even handle chatting to the strategy guy, pit crew, whoever it is. He probably couldn't even talk to his right arm during that thing. Like, I I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's, don't, listen. Don't overcomplicate things. Tell Crofty you don't want to chat right now. You don't need to be chatting to him. Tell him to go away. Sort your strategy out. 
get your drivers in winning positions and deal with it because how, how, how? F1 cars are made of thousands of parts, like thousands. There are very strict rules to follow. These have come in. They were meant to come in years ago. They've come in now. You've had years to prepare for this. You have now assigned the perfect alignment of carbon fiber to allow the airflow to go over your car faster than anyone else's. Make your way around the however many kilometer track over 70 laps faster than anyone else with two great drivers. You've done the hard bit. Like you've you've done the hard bit. All you have to do is do a couple laps in practice, figure some stuff out, data this, data that. Do your car setup, which you've already done, because clearly you can do that. And send them on their merry way. Also, why on earth is Charles Leclerc driving an oversteery car? Why does he keep sliding through corners? The guy can't drift. We saw how he drifted last week, so I don't know why he keeps getting a drifty car. Give him something a little bit more stable. And that is, I can't, I just can't, I can't keep talking about Ferrari. I can't. It's it's so tragic. It's really disappointing. If you're Italian right now, I feel for you. And you know what? I'm missing hearing that Italian anthem. The Dutch and the Austrian just don't hit the same. They're not that good. The German actually isn't bad. I quite like that one. I want to hear the Italian national anthem. I don't know if I've been hypnotized by it. I feel like Charles has. But it's mad. Another question, actually. This was from the Pit Stop Fracker boys at the end. It was the last question I think that was asked. Who's in the worst position with the long contracts? Lando Norris or Charles Leclerc? And I've got to say... Ah, it's tough, but it's got to be Charles. Like, McLaren's capable of winning. And they might be about to start, like, they might be in a drought right now. But Ferrari's drought is much longer. And if you could build a good car, but you're not, like, you don't have the other pieces of the puzzle, then if you can't even win with a rocket ship car, then what are you doing? Those strategy guys have been scamming a living. I'm sorry, but how on earth? I keep bringing this back, but this is the memory I have in my head. Kimi Raikkonen. Never a championship contender in the Ferrari when he was teammates with Vettel. Vettel, in the years that the car was good, actually challenging Lewis Hamilton. And they were afraid to swap them when they were on different strategy. It wasn't even on pace. Vettel would have just pitted and Kimi's still out. They would leave him out. They would forget about him. They would completely ignore him. They would act like he didn't exist. He would be on... You would be doing 60 laps on the set of tyres that he started the race on, and then they'd pit him near the end, shove him into, like, P5. They didn't even care. They weren't aiming for the constructors. And they still wouldn't swap them. They wouldn't tell him. They wouldn't tell him to get out of the way. Vettel would be stuck behind him. They'd ask him to go a little bit faster, a bit of complaining. They wouldn't do it then. They can't do it now. It's an embarrassment. It's science. It is even worse, proving that they should have swapped them, got overcut by Leclerc. How are you going to get overcut? You've, you've just put on fresh tyres. You've stopped before him. You're meant to be flying in the lap times, and he went and got overcut by his teammate when Max went and like undercut four drivers at once. That was nowhere. It's, 
I don't know. It's just, it's embarrassing on all fronts. Like, they need to sit down. I know Lewis keeps posting on his Instagram that he leaves the track at, like, midnight. He needs to, like, drag Charles in by a dog leash and tell him to get his team in order. This is just, I don't know. I don't know if Bonotto's the guy. I don't know if he needs firing. The strategy team definitely needs a mix-up. It's going to take the whole gorilla at some point. They're going to need to take everyone from all the rival teams, put them all together. They might as well. You know what? You know what? Here's an idea. How about Ferrari and their strategy team get a notepad, walk down the pit lane to Red Bull will be before them. So they go down to McLaren, then they go down to Alpine, Aston, Williams, Haas, ask everyone, ask all of their strategy. You know what? What would you guys do with our cars? Write down their answers, tally them up, and just do whatever they say. Just take their advice. Not make it a survey. Send out a live survey mid-race to all of the pit walls and get their opinions on what you should do because that's clearly a better way of doing it than how you're doing it now. Um, Worst performance as well. Another shout in there. Alonso, how are you going to go bragging about keeping a seven-time world champion behind you last year, going on about this and that, saying you're about it, saying that you're quality, saying that you should be put in a championship like contender car, saying that you're here to win another championship, saying that you're one of the most talented guys or whatever it is, and then have Max Verstappen behind you, a guy who you want to rate up more highly than Lewis, and you're going to get out of his way. One nerd. And he didn't even, I thought he did it on purpose the first time. Turns out the guy had Parkinson's on the steering wheel, came in twitching. He bowled it. He completely bowled it. It's tragic and it's annoying. And normally it wouldn't be worth mentioning, but I'm going to mention it because it's Alonso and he's dickhead. I, I don't know why, he just, it annoyed me so much. Like he's, uh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. Similar situation. Just want to mention, because if Yusuf was here, he would say this. Daniel Ricciardo, last double overtake, legendary stuff. He's back. He runs these streets and all that. Then went and remembered who he was and punted Perez off or punted uh, Stroll off a couple corners or a couple laps later. It's, it's not looking good, bruv. He's got to go. He, he's really got to go. It's, I hate to be that guy. But there's there's certain drivers, like when they have a drought, I feel like Lewis is in a wind drought right now. I'm not questioning his talents. Certain drivers, they may go through droughts. They may have phases where they're not that good. Perez wasn't great at McLaren, but he came back and he's been doing his thing in Force India and Racing Point and all the rest of it. I don't see the end of this drought for Ricardo. I can't see him coming back from this. If he was going to come back from this, he would have done it by now. Like, just really learn how to drive the car, man. Like, or adjust it. I'm sorry, but like, just adjust it. I'm not going to say engineering isn't that hard, but you don't need to be an engineer. They're not asking you to build the car. They're just saying, give feedback and we'll change stuff until you like it. Like, it's not that difficult, I don't think at least or at least show an interest like just try 
like oh, it's it's frustrating. It's so annoying. Like <sighs> the the quick sort of podcast made some good points about this, but like he's he's just not interested. I don't know what that guy does. It's like he was meant to be a DJ in another life. He's like a hippie and he's meant to be like living in some VW camper van. But instead he somehow ended up racing Formula One cars and he just you know, he doesn't watch the news, he doesn't he likes to keep out of politics, he doesn't want to keep up with anything that's going on or the drama or whatever it is. And he also just doesn't want to help with the engineering side. He just drives the car. And you know what? That would be incredible. If the guy was the most talented guy ever and he was pulling up Michael Schumacher like performances and all of this, and you know what? He just shows up, he drives the car and he leaves. That would be incredible. But you know what? The talented drivers never do that. They're always helping and they're always doing this stuff. So even if he was that good, he'd be helping. And if he was that good and not helping, then he might have gotten away with it. But he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't... I can't say that I don't need good football boots and I show up to play at Power League in flip-flops. And then go and like concede twenty goals. I gotta be showing up on my studs. Like I gotta be showing up in boots. If I'm flipping messy and I show up barefoot or in flip flops, so I could I could go play in Crocs. And if I'm doing up rainbow flicks on the pitch and finessing everyone, then no one's gonna complain that I'm in Crocs. But if I show up to play and I'm in Crocs, and then I get dusted by the fat fifty year old centre back then there's going to be questions asked as to why I'm not wearing suitable footwear to the football pitch. Why do you not know your own car? That's your machinery. It has your, num- it has your number on it. It has your name on it. It has your country's flag on it. And you're not learning about what can make it go faster. This is your career. You're being paid millions. The guy, I'm pretty sure, before Lando re-signed his contract, was getting paid more than Lando. That's a disgrace. Everyone's complaining about money and stuff, saying they don't have money for this and they don't have money for that, and they're chasing the money and they go into America. You know what? Instead of going to America, instead of kicking spar off the calendar, instead of rinsing yourself out and not doing this and not providing that and not improving things and not spending money because you want to make more revenue before you reinvest into your company, how about you get rid of the people that just get rid of the dead weight? How about that? Get rid of the dead weight. Don't cap driver contracts or whatever it is and don't limit this and limit that, but get rid of the people that you're wasting the money on. Ferrari strategy team. You know what? I'm sure I could find plenty of graduates fresh out of uni that love those jobs and they'd get paid way less at first, but I think they could do a better job. And Daniel Ricciardo. I am sure there are plenty of people that would be dying for that McLaren seat. And if it wasn't someone in a junior category, then upgrade a different... I don't know if a uh, current driver sends someone else in to replace them because I don't know. I get he's risking his life, but like at those speeds, is he? That is the real question. Um, I'm going to have to call it there, to be honest. In terms of underrated, it's got to be Alonso and Norris again. Vettel getting points in the Aston is cool, but Stroll finished 11th. I don't know what the gap was, but uh, just shout out Norris and Alonso for finishing best of the rest again, clearly proving their consistency and all the rest of it, especially Norris. Um, 
But yeah, uh, let's we'll go on to predictions going into the summer break now. Yeah, long time off. Um, try I'll try and keep getting these out weekly. Uh, the plan was to have guests on. It's not going to be as fun if it's not possible with Yusuf, seeing as he's not in the country and all the rest of it. But uh, we will have to see what happens. Um, actually, to be fair, I'm going on holiday, so probably not next week, but maybe the week after. We'll have to see. I'll try to plan something. To be fair, you don't have to follow a schedule when there's no race for like four weeks, so I might just put it out on random days. Um, just quickly, you'll do the, uh, the prediction section and all the rest of it. Fantasy. I came fifth this week. Unfortunately, I was at work, so I couldn't actually upgrade or change my team. I definitely would have made some changes, let's put it that way. But fifth, I will take. In terms of what that means for the overall standings, oh my god. I forgot to use my Mega Driver. I knew I was meant to do something. I forgot to use my Mega Driver. I would have Mega Drivered Max and, and banged points. I would have put Max in the team, Mega Drivered him and banged points. And I bowled it. I completely bowled it. Yeah, I'm lacking in points now. That was my big opportunity. Oh, that is so sad. That's actually awful. I gained on... Did I gain on everyone? Someone used their Mega Driver. Everyone who didn't above me, I gained on them. I gained on everyone. Pain. Real pain. Ah, oh, it's tough. It's tough out here. And I don't think it gets any better because I just remembered I went all out with these predictions. Ah, oh, this is going to be bad. Here we go. So, my predictions that I did on Friday after practice, but I didn't look at the results. All qualifying. Oh, God. I said that it would be Leclerc, Science, Verstappen. I got Science in second. That is it. To be fair, that's a tough one to predict. The race. Ah, oh, the race. I said Lewis would win. I, I wish he did. Lewis should have won that. Ah, oh, it's tough. Lewis did not win. Perez did not come second. And Science came fourth, not third. You know, I was right. It was a good race, though. I was right. The order got mixed. I just, I was wrong how it happened. I was also looking at the number of DNFs. I said Lewis would get a driver for the day. Definitely in contention, but Mike's got it. And DNFs, I said there would be seven. There was one. Tough day in the office. I'm not going to give myself the bonus extra point in brackets, slightly separate from the other total, because, you know, I definitely didn't deserve it. I definitely don't deserve it this week. Um, do I do spa predictions now? Maybe, you know, it's probably more fun if I do, actually. Let's do spa predictions now. Ah, oh, this is, I'm going to regret this. It's all part of the games. Right. So. Top three in quali. Let's see how we do this. So. Fast corners. Who was 
who's good in the fast corners? I forgot. It's Red Bull. Well, Ferrari illegal floor. Do I say that plays a part in this? It's tempting. It's very tempting. Okay, you know what? Here's a punt for you. Here's a punt for you. Oops. I'm going to say Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and George Russell. Yeah. No, yeah. You know what? Yeah, of course. And in the race, I'm going to say... Oh, am I just going to copy exactly? That's just exactly what just happened this week. Yes, I am. I'm going to say the same thing. Um, Driver of the day is still going to be Max Verstappen. Because, of course, it is. And DNFs, oh, that is a hard question. The number of DNFs, the number that comes into my head is four. But I feel like they're all just going to be engine failures, so I might go down to three. I'm going to go three. I'm going to back three. There we go. All right. So I'm predicting the exact same thing as this week, both two more DNFs. We'll see how it goes in, what's that, three weeks' time? One, two, three, four weeks' time. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, if you made it this far. Um, yeah, not the usual, but I'm, I'm sort of sadly kind of getting used to this. Um, shout out to everyone who went to Quick Stop Live, obviously. Um, and big mention again to uh the quick stop people because yeah event was great podcast was great uh it was all good energy it was fun and definitely can't wait for everyone else once this platform gets big enough i'll definitely be doing my events um that is the aim and everyone else should be as well because honestly that was fun and yeah just hoping it's the first of many to come. Um, yeah, I've been Muhammad. This has been the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast. Be sure to check out all the socials that you see floating around me. Um, and yeah, just join the conversation. Like honestly, just that's the best part. Feel free to at us, message us, do whatever, just interact because. Uh, it's I don't know that's what this is all for I guess um and yeah I'll see you in like two weeks the next week at some point potentially maybe with a guest I can't guarantee anything we'll see what happens and goodbye <laughs>